God would allow me to continue this for the next seven weeks. Um, but how many knows that, that God uses patterns and numbers and things in the scriptures to point to a truth? One of the things that he has, uh, he, one of the numbers that he uses frequently is the number seven. So he speaks things in, in sevens. He uses different scenarios in sevens. And so this morning, I'm going to take one of those sevens, if you will, and go to the book of John. John gives us seven different instances where he talks about Jesus being the I am. I've wanted to do this series for some time. It's been on my mind. It really came to me this week, and I really felt strong about it. And so this morning, I'm going to talk to you about who is Jesus. Paul said, I, I preach you can preach all these different things, but if I do not preach Christ and him crucified, that is the, the preaching of the word, to preach Christ and him crucified. Why? Because it's the crucifixion, the, the, the method, the modem, the, the, the mode, the, the vehicle, which was the cross. We talked about that Wednesday night. It was the crucifixion, the blood, the death, the resurrection that brought us life and new life. So he, he brings that to us. And here in John chapter 6, I believe it is, we're going to read a verse. We're going to read some, several scripture as we move along today. But I want to focus as we start out this morning on this one verse. I am the bread of life. Now, we, we seem to talk about food a little too often, but, but yeah, me. Um, but it's something that we all relate to. So, you know, you go into Panera Bread or a, a bread company or, you know, I think the St. Louis Bread Company over and, and you walk in there and it's, it's hard to not notice the smell of bread. Different types of bread, different types of flavors and different things on it, all these different paninis and all this kind of weird stuff, weird names, whoever made those names up, I don't understand, but... But it's all bread, some sort, some different sizes, whatever, but it's all bread. It's all the same substance. But do you realize that all of that bread in that case is dead? <laughs> it was more alive before they put it in the oven. But the baking process actually kills the bacteria that makes it rise. Stops it. So why would Jesus start out, or why would, the, why would John start out this I am? We'll get to where it came from in a minute. Why would he start it out by saying, I am the bread of life? When you think of bread, we think of something good, something that smells good, or, you know, uh, you know as long as it's leaven, as long as it's rose and not like a brick. And especially we get some good old honey butter and the biscuits and the bread at Logan's or Texas Roadhouse, and I mean, just bread. It's okay. But <laughs> he says, I am the bread of life. I am, the, I am that, that bread, that, that, that scent, that knowing, that, that substance. I am the bread. But why is he used bread? Because bread by itself is dead. Now, if we go back, I'm getting ahead of myself. Hold on. Let's look at some more scripture here. John chapter 6, verse 35. A, little, a few verses before, verse 48, he explains a bit more. He says, And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, 
So when we think of bread, we think of a sandwich. We think of, you know, butter. We think of all these good tasting things. And, and he wants us to see that in this. He says, you'll never hunger again. As long as you got this bread, you shall never hunger. But he that believeth on me shall never thirst. So he adds the thirst. So the bread represent, represents food. It, resent, it represents substance. It represents something that we have need of. We all need to eat and we all need to drink. I need to eat less. <laughs> less bread, yeah. Verse 36, but I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that all which hath, he hath given me I should lose nothing, but should, should rise up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, talking about God the Father, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up in the last day. So he starts out this talking about how he is the bread of life. He is the, the source. He is the, the origination. He is where it all begins and also where it all be ends. Everything rises and falls on Jesus. I'm talking about who Jesus is. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, the scripture says. So Jesus is the, the beginning and the end. Now, what does he mean by the bread of life? You see, as we look at the scripture, it's important for us to understand where this all started from, where the, origina the originality of this comes from. I'm glad you wanted to know because I got it for you. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 14, this is where it comes from. It's important to bring these together because we're trying to focus in who is Jesus. Who is Jesus? It's important to realize who Jesus really is. It's not just this figment of imagination. It's not just this uh, picture on our wall. There's more to this man Jesus than we ever can dream and we could ever speak in our lifetime. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 14 says, And God said to Moses, And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Aren't you thankful that God did not say, I was? When you change it to the word was instead of the, instead of the word I am or I am, it changes the whole terminology of what we're talking about. So it was never God was because God always has been. So I am your savior. I am your future. I am your past. I am your present. He can apply that to everything. So what we see here is to understand who Jesus really is. He is the I am. But he wants to break it down a little bit for us. Moses tells Pharaoh, remember the story, tells him, you know, hey, listen, I am has sent me. I'm sure Pharaoh looked at him like he was a nut. You want me to do what? You want me to turn what? Because you say 
who you think you are. And we, we know the story, the different times, the different plagues, and God had to do what he had to do. And he hardened, even hardened Pharaoh's heart, and, and all this took place. But Moses wants a directive. Moses is wanting to know, what, how do I do this? How do I lead this many people out of bondage? How in the world does one man do this kind of act? Can I tell you this morning that you can, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, but you, you, there's nothing that's impossible to those who believe. But it's according to his will because I cannot pick up that pew right now and stand here with it because the Bible says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Guess what? I cannot pick that pew up right now and hold it up and say, look, I can do all things. So we can't do all things. So we understand that what he's trying to tell us is we have to be according to his will. So Jesus is trying to identify or break down who he is by saying, I am, not just I am could do everything. I am was always there. Not always just I am, but now Jesus is trying to take it a little further and says, I am the bread of life. Now we got six others after today. I am the bread of life. Let's look here. Now let's see what Jesus says in John chapter 8. Let's go to John chapter 8, verse 40, uh, 54. Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honoreth me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet, Ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I say, if I should say, I know him not, I should be a liar like unto you. But I know him, and keeping his, say, his sayings, your father rejoiced to see my day, and he saith it and was glad. Then the Jews said unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old. So what he's saying here is Jesus is trying to, he's talking about who I am. But he's trying, to, he's trying to speak, and everybody around him is looking at him and saying, listen, the, the, the wisdom of who you are, the wisdom of what you say, and who you are portraying to be, you're, he's, Jesus says, I'm not doing this to honor myself, I'm doing it to honor God. And so they look at him and say, you're not even 50 years old. Now, the reason why that is significant is because during that time, it was not custom for someone to be a minister or a rabbi or, or whatever until you at least were 30. That's the reason why Jesus was 30 years old when he went into ministry, because he'd done it according to the law in which he abided. So he was showing that he honored that law. And so now they're like, you're not even 50. In other words, how do you know what you're saying? How do you know all of this you're talking about? Now, this is John chapter 8, so we know that we've heard from John chapter 6, and, and all this is coming together. But he says, now, you're not even 50, so how did you see Abraham? Because he's speaking in wisdom, but speaking of the wisdom of Abraham. How did you see Abraham? You're not old enough. Verse 58, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. You see, we see the glimpse of the Godhead in this story. Someone would try to say that we should worship Jesus only. There's only one God, but that's not true. There's one God in three, three persons. 
And we see it illustrated right here. We see that glimpse. But now let's think back just for a moment what happened in a wilderness or a desert with one Satan and one Jesus. Jesus was hungry. He was fasting. You know the story. The devil was trying to use the physical against the spiritual. You know that tactic has not yet changed. He tries to use your physical against your spiritual. And he tells the Son of God, he told him, command the stones to become bread. What he was initially trying to do was trying to get the bread of life to reverse or to get himself out of order. Because the bread of life had no need to get bread from stones. We cannot go after the bread of the stones. We cannot speak life into something or something out of something that he is not involved with. We are needing to, to walk in the statutes of God. And God is trying, and, and the devil is trying to get him to go back on his, on who he was and trying to, it wasn't just about him being hungry, but he was trying to do something to the spiritual. He was trying to break him down spiritually. He could care less about his stomach. After all, this is a man that walked in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. You come to the place where you really wouldn't be hungry no more. They say after about four or five days, you really stop being hungry. Matthew 4 and verse 4, we find recorded the response of Jesus. He says, but he answered and said, it's written. I love how this comes together. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Why is that important? The devil is talking to Jesus, the bread of life. But the devil is telling the word, the word. He's still trying to mess him up. Still trying to get him to go out of order and break who he really was. Jesus was the word. We know that because of John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Jesus was the word become flesh. We know this. So why would the devil try to tell the word the word? I mean, obviously he should know it because he is the word. The devil was only trying to get him confused and to turn back from what his destiny was. But as we see it this morning, we need to realize that we don't live by bread alone, but by every word, every word, not just a few we, we like, but all the word, every bit of it, cover to cover is the word we live by. But the devil today is still trying to approach you and tell you something contrary to the word. 
That's why it's so very important in these days to know the word of God as true as we possibly can. Because if we don't have the word of God deep inside of us, the devil knows the word better than we do. And he's going to come and say, well, does not the word say? And then about midway through, he's going to alter a couple of words and confuse you. He, if he done it to the son of God, he'll do it to us as well. Now, I think he's, the old joker is kind of stupid. Honestly, you're here. You are. I mean, think about it. You're telling the word of God, the word of God. But this is also the, 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 the smart angel as he, as he is, because it's what he was. He still is. We just call him something else now. Did he actually think that he was going to hold him down? Did the devil really think that he was going to hold Jesus down, knowing that God is all-powerful? Makes no sense, does it? I think he's kind of dumb. The problem of the devil is he thinks he's more than he actually is. That's the problem. All right, let's look on. So number one, as we as we talk about the bread of life is the fact that bread sustains life bread sustains life it's obvious here that with what jesus was referring to was more than just physical he wasn't talking about us having a full belly he wasn't talking about us having a good piece of fresh bread it's not what he's talking about we understand it was a spiritual reference so he's talking about how we should sustain life and and what a new spiritual meaning of life truly is to have a new spiritual life in Christ, we got to look to him as our substance. We got to look to him as our source and to realize that if we don't eat of that bread, we shall die. Jesus is the very substance that is necessary in the last days because if we don't eat from the word of God because he is the word of God, then we are running ourselves short and we're never going to be ready for what God has got for us because we are not ready for it now. Real life is the new relationship with God in trust and obedience and in love. Bread is our nourishment, church. He is our nourishment. It's not so important on what we read in the Bible, but that we read it. Because our soul needs to absorb the words that we hear in our, in our thoughts. And that's exactly how God speaks. So who is Jesus? He is the word waiting to hear from you. Christ is the mediator between us and God. He is our righteousness, our peace, and our redeemer. It's by these things, church, we live. These things. He's our righteousness, our peace, and our redeemer. It's by those things that we truly live. Our bodies can live better without food, but our soul cannot live without Christ. We can live days and 40 days. They say about 40 days is kind of the limit before you begin to die from lack of nourishment. But if we try to starve ourselves from the nourishment that comes from God, we're in jeopardy to, to die very, very quickly. So God moves into the 
human heart to awaken and desire for him. There's something that happens in the human heart that God begins to put a desire in the heart for him. It's as if we're smelling that fresh baked bread and all of a sudden you just want to slice. You know, it's almost impossible to break, bake some fresh bread in the oven and not, well, I need to make sure it's good. I don't want to, I wouldn't want to take bad bread, you know, to the dinner. But we got to have that desire, that, that longing for him. Number two, Jesus is the living bread. I told you as we begin, as we begin to talk about this, that bread in itself is dead. But Jesus brings the bread to life because he is the living bread, church. I know this is simple, but it's so important to understand that he is the bread. He says, I am, not I was, but I am the living bread. John 6 and 51, he says, I am the living bread which come down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh which I will give for the world, life of the world. Is there any doubt who he is? And this is just one aspect of it. Breaded, bread's dead, as I told you. Bread can only nourish by the help of the living body. Let me break that down just for a minute. Bread in of itself is dead. But the moment you take that slice of bread... Spread a little bit of honey butter on there. Or put some mayonnaise on there, a piece of cheese, and some lunch meat. And make that sandwich. That bread goes from being dead in of itself. It goes into your body and helps to sustain life. But notice the key ingredient. It's not the bread. It's the living body. God is looking, Jesus is, Jesus is God, I am, but Jesus is looking for a living body to bring the bread of life to so that when you bring it in and you absorb it and you take a bite out of this thing called the word, it will bring nourishment to your soul, but not just to yourself, but you'll be able to share it. The best thing about a good loaf of fresh bread is to cut off another slice and share it with somebody. Why don't we just get to the point in the church once again that we cut off a slice and share it with somebody? Amen. Let's share him. Number three, and I'm almost done. If you want to come to the piano, I'll wrap this thing up. Jesus is the life to the body. You realize that when God reached down and took some of the clay and the Bible says he breathed life. The Greek, I believe, word for that is pneuma. I think that's right. Spirit. He breathed his living spirit into the clay. You know what? We're just a bunch of lumps of clay. And when he brings life, he breathes life into us. So he brings life to the body by his spirit. And the bread of the word nourishes 
John 6 and 33 says, For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. The bread of God is he that cometh down. So who is Jesus? He's the nourishment. He's the sustenance. He's the sweet-smelling aroma in our life. He is shareable. He is desired. He brings the thirst of your soul. He gives that need. He he is the one that only can fill that void in which we all have if we don't have him. The world is void of this man, Jesus. And they're looking for something. They're looking for ways and and, and ways to fill this void. But all they got to do is take of the bread of life and that would stop because he is the only thing that can fill that void. The manna spoken of in the Old Testament, you know, because they begin to complain. Oh, we have nothing to eat. Isn't it interesting how that God chose a bread that would come out of heaven? You think it's by chance that it fell from heaven? was showing the children of Israel in the early days and showing us right now that God is your supply. I think wasn't he told Abraham that was it Abraham he said that he was his exceedingly great reward is that right? He is everything that we have need of. He is the substance. He is the very, you know, we can live on bread. We have to. We can live on some bread and water. We could have water. But we'll be okay for a while. But Jesus wants us to be much more than okay. He wants us to become desirable. He wants us to become examples. He wants us to live. But that manna that come out of heaven, it could reserve and it could support for the moment. But it's important to realize that nothing earthly can perpetuate life. The only thing that can prolong, perpetuate eternal life is Jesus Christ and the bread that he brings for our nourishment. The only thing that matters in this world is that we take him in. This short hundred years, 110 years, whatever you're blessed to live, is only but a vapor. Let us be reminded today also that none, no one is excluded. No one's excluded from the benefit of this bread. It's given freely, without price, because he he paid the ultimate price for us. Aren't you thankful?
that he is that bread that fills up your soul and brings satisfaction to your to your inner being he comes in and he fills that void you know it's nothing like you get real good good and hungry about lunchtime you know you get that burning pain man that first couple bites of a good old ham sandwich If we would get to the place where we longed for him like we do for a piece of bread, what would be different? How would we change? I was listening to a book this week, and, and, and the writer makes a statement. And I, I know it to be true, we just don't think about it this way, but he said, if Christian leaders and, and Christian people would stop doing for God, now pay close attention to what I'm saying. Stop doing things for God and start being things for God. The doing would take care of itself. Basically what he's saying is that we'll do out of being. If we'll do it out of our being, then the doing becomes much easier. But we get that flip-flop, don't we? We want to do things for God, but we don't want to stop and meditate and be things for God. Let's make a point this week to be for God. Amen? Stand on your feet this morning.